friends. Welcome to the She Impacts Culture podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jen Bennett, and I am thrilled to welcome back to the podcast, Susan Fleming. If you did not listen in to last week's episode, make sure that you do, because we talked about all kinds of things, including quiet quitting and hustle culture and what rest really is and what it means to partner with God in our work instead of always being focused on performance in the workplace. So if you didn't listen in, make sure that you listen in. But this week, Susan, welcome back to the She Impacts Culture podcast. It's so good to be back. Thanks for having me. Yes, I am so excited because Last week, we had great conversation, and now this week, I'm excited to dig into even some more topics that I know my audience is just going to be really encouraged by. So I would love to start off our conversation today chatting through something you've shared before, and I really love this. As I mentioned last week, you are a business alignment therapist. You've got this life acronym that stands for legacy, impact, freedom, and energy without burnout. And I'm just so many good things. And a part of that is something that you've shared that really struck a chord with me. And you said that our brain is designed for safety, not success. So let's talk about this. What does this mean What does this look like and how does this impact us in our work? Yes, this is something I I find that um, the majority of people don't know is that our brain is wired for safety first. And so anytime you're doing something new, different, something you hadn't done before, your brain is going to tell you don't do it. (laughs) You know, it's trying to keep you safe. It's just trying to keep you safe. And it's like, I don't know what that is. I'm not sure about what that is. I don't know. We haven't done it before. Don't do it, right? So your brain, again, it's just, it's it's designed for safety. That's what it's meant to do is to keep you safe. And so think about back, you know, before we had the safety of the modern world that we live in, right? When we were exposed to the elements and animals and all the things, right? So that part of your brain that develops first is the amygdala, which is that fear center of the brain that tells you everything's not safe. And so you're always on alert, right? And and so over the years, we've learned, okay, I don't really have to be on alert all the time, but there's still that core of your brain is still telling you you're not safe, right? And so really how we see this come out in, in work or business is just are, let's say you want to go for a promotion, right? Think about if you've ever had that time where you're like, I'm going to go for that. What immediately, what's the first thought that comes to your head? I can't do that. Who do you think you are? Right. The whole imposter syndrome. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Why why would you think that's for you? Like (laughs) that whole negative Nancy in your brain, right? That I call her Amy, the amygdala, Amy. (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) That's Amy telling you, you're not good enough. You're not going to get it. Don't even try, right? And so we see this in in business. Let's say if you're, you're online and oh, something that happens all the time, right? When you first start out in business and your coach tells you, you've got to go live. You've got to do Facebook lives. Right. <laughs> 
right? And and again, Amy's in your head and she's telling you, what that's dumb. Why you don't really have to do that. You know, I mean, it's it's fine. It can wait. You just do it tomorrow. Just do it tomorrow, right? It's just that whole procrastination thing. <laughs> and then two years later, you still have right. To. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that's just that's just your brain. That's the way it's made because that's something that's new, different, scary, and so it's like, don't do it. It's fine. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah. So, would you say is that one of the biggest things? that possibly keeps women from moving forward, maybe even into what God's calling them to do Mm -hmm. for their work is because your brain is trying to keep you safe. And you are like, there's no way I could do that. There's no way I could be a part of that. Who am I, you know, kidding? I can't do that role. I'm not going to get promoted. Is that what holds so many women back? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That self-talk in your mind, that little voice in there that says, nope, just don't even try. You you can't do it. Yeah. I can't even begin to imagine what or how different our world would look and be if we did not allow that to stop us from Mm -hmm. fully pursuing what God has called us to pursue. I just think we'd be living in a different world. I really, really do. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. When you hear that voice of God, and you know, this is what he wants me to do. What's the first thing that creeps in? Well, are, are you sure? Did God really say that? Yeah. Ooh. And I immediately go back to Genesis 3. Right? <laughs> Did God really say don't eat that? Right. Did he really say that? Right? Our enemy is still today working through our minds, telling us the same things. He didn't have any new tricks. <laughs> right. It's the same stuff now today. But but there's ways to rewire the brain, and that's what I teach my clients how to do so we get get the fear out of there and, and move forward. Yeah, love that. Okay, so you've also mentioned that our beliefs impact our work, the work that we have been called to do. So how do our beliefs impact our work? Does that kind of go back to the whole mindset and what we believe about ourselves? Absolutely. You know, our brain gets programmed really early with all these messages coming in different places, whether it's parents, friends, teachers, church, media, right? We have all these messages that come in. And when we're younger, our brain is not developed to the point to where we can go, I don't know if that's true or not, right? We don't question it. And so everything's just being absorbed. Those first few years of life, our brain is absorbing all this, all these things that become beliefs in our subconscious. And then we operate out of our subconscious, right? Some research shows different things. Some people say 90%, some say 90, as high as 95% of what we do every day is not a conscious decision. Wow, 90, 95%? Yeah, that our, our subconscious is operating up to 95% of what we do in a day. And so if you have a belief in there that says, I'm not good enough, I can't do that, well, that's what you're going to act out, right? Because it's not a conscious decision. It's not a conscious thought. You don't even question. You're just, you just act it out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing to me. Again, the more I learn and hear about it, just the power that our mind and our beliefs 
have over us and why it's so important that we align those beliefs and thoughts with who God's called us to be and who he says we are. Yeah. Because if we don't, my goodness, I think we'll always miss out on what it is that God wants to do in and through us. That's amazing. Okay. So for many women today, they feel a bit, I would say, lost and confused regarding the work that God is calling them to. I actually had this conversation with someone recently. Like me, they too are multi-passionate. And because they love so many different things, they were finding it hard to know exactly what kind of work to pursue. So my question is, how do we know, create, and follow the GPS vision of the specific work that God has called us to? And I know you've talked a little bit about that before, this GPS vision. So Mm -hmm. how do we know what it is? And then how do we follow that vision that God is maybe trying to get across to us? Well, the first thing is is definitely having that intimacy with Him, knowing the ways that He He speaks to you. I think we have this idea that He speaks in one particular way, and God will use anything to speak to you, and He can operate through all of your senses. So if someone says, I don't know how God is speaking to me, it may not be that He's speaking. It may be that he's showing, right? Like for me, I see pictures, right? I get some people would say I have visions, right? However you want to define that. But he speaks to me a lot through dreams and images, pictures in my head. It may be a picture that pops up on my computer screen, right? There's all different ways that he can speak to you. So if if you're sitting there and you're asking him questions and you're not hearing anything, pay attention to your other senses. Do I feel something? Do I know something? Is there a thought that just popped in my head? Do I smell something? Do I taste something? Right? Like he can he can speak to you in any way that he wants to. And so first I would say having the intimacy with him to know how does he speak to me uniquely to me, right? And not expecting it to look a particular way because so-and-so hears him and this person has visions and this person something else. And and you're, you know what I'm saying? It's just like for years I thought God wasn't speaking to me. Well, he was, but it wasn't in the way I was looking for it. Yeah. Because it wasn't like everybody else that I knew. (laughs) Right. And I think we can get so caught up into that where we think, well, my friend over here is always talking about how God is showing her this and that. And I don't see that happening in my life. But that is such a good thing for us to take a hold of knowing how God speaks to you. And it can and will look different than the people around you. And I love that you included, Susan, that, you know, for years you felt like God wasn't speaking to you, but he was. Mm-hmm. You just didn't know the way that he was speaking to you directly just yet. Yes, yeah. that is so, so good. Okay, so yeah. you believe that our work has one primary kingdom assignment. What does this mean and what does this look like? Especially for my listeners who are like, wait a minute, I work at this secular place and um, <laughs> you know, nobody there is following God or this or that. So what do you mean when you say that our work has one primary kingdom assignment? 
Yes, I love talking about this. So I actually heard this from, let me give credit where it's due. I didn't come up with this. <laughs> um, David Balestri, who is incredibly wise businessman, loves God, speaker, author, coach, all the things, right? He talks about kingdom assignment as one of three things, and that can be income, influence, or impact. And you get all three, right? When you're moving in your purpose, when you're going after that thing God has called you to do, you'll get all three, but there'll be one that'll be primary for you to focus on. So like for me and my business, it's impact, right? And then the influence and income is going to come with it as I pursue impact. But if I am pursuing, let's say income, and this happened to me the first few years I was in business, I thought, well, it's a business, right? Like I should be going after revenue, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah. all businesses are meant to be profitable. They're all meant to be profitable. But if your primary is income, you're going to generate a different level of wealth than other businesses. If your uh, primary is influence, you're going to get on platforms that, that don't make sense. You know, you're like, how did they find me? Like, this doesn't make sense. You know, or for me, like I said, mine is impact. And so I'm going after, like we were talking about in the last episode, that one person for me to impact today. Right. And then it, it ripples out to other things. And I also have the influence and income come with it. Right. My business is profitable. But if you're not operating in your primary, if you don't have that alignment, then you're not going to be as effective. So if you're in a workplace, for example, I can immediately thought of somebody that he is working within the UPS organization. I feel like I can say that. Nobody's going to know who he is. But, <laughs> you know, he is covertly impacting the culture of that work environment by showing honor to the people that he's in charge of. So again, it's it, it can be overt or covert. It, it's not one of those things where you have to be known as the Jesus person in your workplace, right? But just in showing people honor and respect and giving them that space to give their input. If you have people under you and you don't ever ask their opinion, that's a problem. Right. <laughs> You know, showing them that you are just as valuable as I am. It doesn't matter that I'm technically, quote, higher than you, right? But you still have value here and you have input here and I want to hear about it. And so he runs meetings just for that where he doesn't come in and say, okay, this is what we're doing. He'll call a meeting and say, okay, this is the issue. How do we solve it? Right. And he really just through honoring the people that he's managing is changing the culture of that business because they haven't had that before. Wow. Wow. So let me ask you this. How do you know or figure out if your primary kingdom assignment is income, influence, or impact? Like how, how did you know that yours was impact? <laughs> I went after income and it didn't work. Okay. <laughs> So try some and see which one works and which one doesn't. I like that. Listen, I went through four different coaches 
before I figured this out because I was like, okay, I'm following exactly what they're telling me to do. Yes. Why is it not working? And I didn't, I couldn't understand it, you know, and God in his grace, yes, he gave me revenue out of what I was doing, but I would only get so far. It wasn't repeatable. It wasn't sustainable. And then when I heard about this, these three primary, it was like a light bulb went off in my head and I was like, I'm doing the wrong thing. (laughs) Wow. So I, I found a mentor that could teach me more about impact because I knew, you know, just sitting with the Lord asking myself, asking him these questions of what's in your heart? What's in my heart? What really excites me? And for me, it's the transformation of lives. I mean, making money is exciting, yeah, but it doesn't fill me in the same way as sitting across from a woman healed from trauma does, Mm. right? It's just a different level. And so I knew for me, it was impact that is what was most important to me. And I think a lot of times people get caught up in, I don't want to look at what's important to me. And they don't realize, well, God put those desires in your heart. He gave them to you. So it's not a selfish thing to ask the question, what lights me up? What's important to me? Mm -hmm. Right? Look at past experiences you've had and see when was I most excited? What kind of things do I get excited about? You know, is it seeing lives transformed? Is it speaking on stage? Is it making lots of money? There's no shame in that. There's no shame in that. God put the desire in your heart for your particular position, for your purpose, right? And so just asking him, if, if you're like, well, I don't, I don't know how to answer that question, just ask him. really like that because I feel like, again, we put so much focus on income. But my Mm -hmm. goodness, how much more freedom there could be if you realize that maybe that's not what God's calling to you right now. Maybe your primary area that he's calling you to is to influence others or to impact Mm -hmm. the lives of others. So again, Mm -hmm. I have not heard that before and I absolutely love that. Okay. You've mentioned that there is a better way to work. So Susan, what is it and what does it look like? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, working from rest, working yeah. in God's rest, that is the most powerful position from which you can do anything. And not just that it's powerful, but that it's refreshing for you. So going through your workday and you get to the end of the day and still having energy to go home and do stuff with your family. Yes. Like how many people can say, I go home and I'm, I still got energy. I'm still excited. I I still want to do things with my kids. (laughs) Right. So that, that rest is, it just keeps your soul in such refreshment and you're getting your strength from him, not pulling on your own um, physical body energy reserves. And so you can, you can go through your work day and, and not need coffee and still have energy and excitement in what you're doing all day, every day. Yes, that is so, so good. And I think that's going to resonate with a lot of my listeners, being able to go home and still have energy to give your full attention to your family. That is Mm -hmm. so important. Okay, one of the things that I've noticed that you share is heart over hustle in our careers. And I love this because I've shared something similar to this in the past too, 
specifically, I put his heart over my hustle. Mm -hmm. So when you say heart over hustle in our careers, what does this mean and what does this look like? Yeah, it's again, just that, that intimacy with him, knowing that you're in union with him. Like I was saying earlier, it's not selfish to say what's in my heart. You know, I think the heart gets a bad rap. <laughs> yeah. A lot of times, you know, people say, don't follow your heart. Well, God gave you that, you know, and he put those desires in your heart. And so it's okay to say what's in my heart and how do I bring that into the world? And from that place of rest, you do it without the hustle, right? You do it without the striving. And so um, I also say, you know, partnership over performance. And it's just that that co-laboring with him, knowing your position in him, that you can abide there. I think a lot of times that we think that quiet time that I have in the morning with him, and then I get up and leave and go to my job and, and Jesus stays at my house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, but when you're abiding, when you're fully aware of I am in him and he is in me. And even if you're sitting at your desk in your cubicle, I am in him and he is in me. Right. And bringing your awareness back to he's there with you all the time. So you don't have to strive for things mm -hmm. because he's already promised to to produce the results, right? He's the vine and we are the branch. So good. I'm like writing this down very quickly. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to strive for things. He's already produced the results. Mm. My goodness. Yeah, I mean, I just, I just go back to the verse that, you know, we were in him before the foundation of the world. Mm. And it's not just that we were in him. Everything was in him. Everything. So all of the provision that you need, it's already there. Yeah. You don't have to worry about it. Right. Right. We're not striving right. to get it. We don't have to reach out for it. It's yep. already there. It's already been Jim Baker, someone I, I love to listen to. And he does wealth with God. And he talks about how the, the provision for your vision, right? Yeah. <laughs> the provision is already there for whatever that that vision or that desire of your heart is. So many things here from this conversation to think through and to really ponder. Now, as you know, I'm a college professor and I work with a lot of college students, students who will be listening in. And many of these students are getting ready to enter into the marketplace and start their careers. So I would love to know, Susan, what advice do you have for them as it relates to faith and work? Mm, there's so many things I could say. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, like I was saying earlier about being in the workplace, it, it doesn't have to be so overt. You know, you can show Jesus to people without being labeled the Jesus person. <laughs> you know, that everything is spiritual. Everything that you're doing is spiritual. And when you start looking at it through that lens, it has a whole new meaning. You know, and you really get this eternal perspective versus focusing in on the here and now. You start to see that bigger picture of what could those ripple effects be if I focus in on this one person in front of me and 
just allowing that overflow of him in you, right? That's how we show people who Jesus is. Mm. And you don't have to try to do that. When you're in relationship with him and you have intimacy with him, it's an overflow. It just naturally flows out of you and people start to notice there's something different about her. Yeah. You know, and they're drawn to that. They're drawn to the light that you carry and the solutions that you have and the way that you treat them, mm-hmm. right? They're drawn to this respect and honor that they see you have for them. And so just being you, that's what the world needs. That's yep. what your workplace needs. Yeah. It needs you to be you, authentically, genuinely, who God created you to be. And that's the person your workplace needs. And so just just be her. Yeah. Just be her. Don't try to be anybody else. Just be her. And, and Jesus will just blow out. <laughs> yes. And that's such good advice, not only for college students, but even for us that are listening. Mm-hmm. Just be you. Be who God has created you to be. And naturally, Jesus will flow out of you and people will see that in you. I love that. What a beautiful way to wrap up our conversation here. Susan, this has been so good. I have loved chatting with you about rest and heart over hustle and partnership over performance. And then just those questions, not only in part one of our conversation, but also part two of our conversation here. Lots of questions that we can really consider as we look to bring our faith and work together in order to impact culture. So I just thank you so much for being here with us today. And I would love in closing for you to share how my listeners can best connect and partner with you. Yeah, the easiest thing to do is just get on Facebook. That's where I'm at most of the time. Or you can go check out my website, it's heaventoearthllc.com. I've got some free goodies there that you can get. And it also links out to, you know, all the other things that I'm doing, YouTube, podcast, all the stuff is there. So one central hub, just go there and find me. Great. Susan, thank you so much for joining me again on the She Impacts Culture podcast. I love the work that you are doing. And I just really appreciate you taking the time to share with my audience. Thank you again. Thank you so much for having me. It's been my honor. Friends, thank you so much for listening to the She Impacts Culture podcast. I know how busy life gets. So the fact that you have faithfully chosen to spend a portion of your time with me means so much and something I don't take for granted. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the She Impacts Culture podcast, the best way to do this is to share it with your friends, your community on social media. Also, to keep up to date with all the happenings, I'd love to have you follow me on Instagram at Dr. Jen Bennett. Thank you again for your support. May God richly bless you as you impact culture through your influence and leadership for his kingdom. Mm-hmm.